0: Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted word of God from the throne of grace with pastor Philip Branson teaching Which I call led by the spirit of God, the leading of the Holy Spirit. And for every teaching, there is a spirit behind the teaching. And once you are able to catch the spirit of the message, You may not necessarily remember verbatim, the words, when you need to apply the message. But because you caught the spirit of the message, you would know how to apply the message. So you may not remember how the pastor puts it, but you'll remember what the message is saying. So every message has an attitude, has a spirit. And on the subject of being led by the Holy Spirit, we've been talking about how it is important for the believer to see that, first of all, you're being led by the Holy Spirit is a divine heritage by God because you are saved. You're born again. It is not the exclusive preserve of pastors, neither is it the exclusive preserve of prophets. But the Bible says that in time past, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets but has in this last day spoken to us by his son, Jesus Christ, which tells you and I that God has spoken in Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 1 to 3, that God has spoken and it's a past tense there that you see. So if you hear anything that God is saying, it has to be in conformity with what has been spoken already. And we made it clear that for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, according to um, Romans chapter 8, verse 14, these are the sons of God. So, if you're a son of God, by virtue of the new birth, by virtue of the fact that you are born again, it is your heritage to be led by the Spirit. Can I say something here? That you're being led by the Holy Spirit is not many times something you try to do. You are led. If you understand what I mean, you are actually being led. You are not trying to be led. Sometimes you're not necessarily positioning yourself to be led. There is the need for that. There is the importance of that in the areas of uncertainty where you have to receive clarity from God about certain things, but When it comes to the daily walk of the believer, you are likely always led by the Holy Spirit. For the Bible says that the steps of the righteous man, they are ordered by the Lord. Praise God. For the benefit of those who were not here last Sunday, or I mean um, two Sundays ago and three Sundays ago, we talked about how Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. We talked about how Paul received three witnesses when it came to receiving direction, three witnesses. The first witness that Paul received was the witness of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit told him that bonds and affliction await for him in every city. And in the city of Jerusalem, there was going to be persecution. That was the first witness of the Holy Spirit to Paul. And the second witness was by brethren. In Acts chapter 20 verse 22, brethren came and ministered to Paul saying that you are going to die if you go to Jerusalem. Paul already knew because the Holy Spirit had told him. But we may declare that many times prophets, believers, members, will tell you things in line with what the Spirit of God has already told you. Whatever anyone tells you that is not in conformity to what the Holy Spirit is saying, is not correct. Then we also saw that there was a third witness to the ministration of Paul, which was a prophetic witnessing. And I said to you that the prophetic witnessing is not the primary leading for the body of Christ. Many church people like to be led by prophets. And that's to say that if the prophet doesn't see a vision for you, you have no clarity about your life. But the Bible says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, not prophets. However, prophets are given to God for inspiration and for speaking the mind of God and the counsel of God um, as pertaining the matter. But it is not the primary means of the leading for the body of Christ. Even though that is still part of the leading for the body of Christ. And I spoke to you some, uh, I'm I'm not sure if it's two weeks or three weeks ago, uh, where the Bible says that in um, Acts chapter 9 verse 4, that Paul heard a voice. There was no specificity to the voice, but because he was not saved, he couldn't decipher if that voice was of God. But Peter heard the same voice. There was uncertainty to the voice because the bible says in acts the 10 verse 13 that a certain voice a voice didn't say the voice of god so acts of the 10 verse 13 but peter knew it was the lord and why because peter was regenerated in his spirit i'm going to say some things today that might conflict your experiences but i want you to hold on to the word of god amen And we talked about how you grow your sensitivity and we said number one is by prayer. In Proverbs chapter 16 verse 3, the Amplified Version puts it this way, that you roll your works before the Lord and he would, um, you have it there? Roll your works upon the Lord, commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will and so shall your plans be established and succeed. That he causes your mind to be agreeable. From my experience, when I pray in tongues, I shut down voices that are, you know, seeking for my attention. Some of you hear so many voices and you're confused what to do. If you're not sure what to do, spend time to pray in the Holy Spirit. Out of the 12, I'm sorry, 9, from First Corinthians chapter 12, out of the 9 gifts of the Spirit that you see in First Corinthians chapter 12, the utterance gift, the power gift, and the revelatory gift, there is basically just one of those gifts that you activate by will, and that is speaking in tongues. So you see Paul say that I will pray in the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding. So there is the will factor in praying in tongues. A lot of people wait to pray in tongues. You've never prayed in tongues before and you're waiting for the Holy Spirit to jump on you like he was going to jumpstart you. He did that 2,000 years ago. So wake up and open your mouth and speak. For the utterance is given to you to speak. Praise God. So, as you open your mouth, because you have the Holy Spirit, the flow will come. It will come out, definitely. So, when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you activate the other gifts of the Spirit. Praying in tongues is a portal to activating prophecy. Praying in tongues is a portal to activating word of knowledge. It's a portal to activating word of wisdom. So, when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you shut down the voices and you cause your mind that is... Um, unnatural to the things of God most likely, to become sensitive to the things of God. So prayer is very important. Praise God, somebody. So that's what we said in Roman and Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3, and then we said, number two, that you set your mind to be led by the Holy Spirit. We gave scriptures, and number three, we said that having the mind of Christ, by learning Christ, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20 to 23, gives you the predisposition to always be led by the Holy Spirit. Um, How do I say this so that it's not easily misunderstood? A mind that has been trained to think and see Christ always, wired to see Christ in the scripture, would likely be correct on the issues of the leading of the Spirit than a mind that is not regenerated or renewed but you are very sensitive to the Spirit of God. Think about what I said. So, that you don't hear an express word saying, thus says the Lord, um, you can depend on a renewed mind for accuracy in the leading of the Holy Spirit. That it's not coming expressly, I heard a voice, or I heard a strong witness in my spirit. Many times your renewed mind will lead you in the right direction. And that's just what I'm trying to say. And we started on Wednesday by saying, how does the Holy Spirit lead us? And we said, number one, the Holy Spirit leads us primarily by his word. Psalms chapter 119 verse 105. The Holy Spirit leads us primarily by his word. The Bible says that the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. In other words, the word of God is a lamp to my feet. My feet is my immediate standing and a light unto my path. So that I have clarity of where I am today and I also have clarity of where I will be tomorrow. So the sure word of leading is the word of God. Say amen somebody. But I, I, I brought some clarity on Wednesday to say that the word of God being a lamb to our feet and a light to our path is not the word of the law, but the word of the gospel. That if you have clarity of the gospel, you are likely going to follow accurately the leading of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 verse 18. Let's turn there. Galatians chapter 5 verse 18. He says, but if you are led by the Holy Spirit, you are not under the law. The law is the word of God. The law is the word, but it is the law. So the law speaks of Genesis, the first first, um, uh, five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's the law. The Ten Commandments, that's the law. The Bible says that if you are led by the Holy Spirit, you are not under the law. So when you travel from one dispensation to another, you cross from what guides your leading to another thought or spirit that guides your leading. Paul says in Acts chapter 20 verse 32, that I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up, Right And give you an inheritance amongst all of those who are sanctified. Before, what was commended to the people of the Jews was the word of the law. And that was their guiding path. For you shall meditate upon the law day in and day out. Therein, you will make your way prosperous. Yeah. But now that we have gone beyond the cross, we are not looking at the law to lead us. But we're looking at the cross. We're looking at the spirit of the New Testament, which is Christ, to lead us. So therefore, Jesus becomes the center of the explanation and the expression of the will of God. Yeah. You can be very accustomed to the word of God and be misled. (laughs) Holy Spirit, help me now. Yeah, Satan tempted Jesus with the word of God. Thought to be somebody. If you are the son of God, turn this stone to bread. First temptation, he passed it. Second temptation, whichever is the order, second or third. But the last temptation, if you are the son of God, jump down for it is written. He will give his angels charge over you. So Satan uses the word of God to tempt Jesus, but Jesus understands the mind of the spirit and is not under pressure and not under the obligation to prove his sonship just because he wants to show that he is son. Because when when Satan says jump down, he means that when he jumps down, it will be clear to everybody that Jesus is the son of God. Because he will come down like a superman. And for those who would not believe, they definitely have a problem after you see Jesus flying in the air with parachutes. <laughs> I'm sorry, without parachutes. That's, that's easier to believe. Pastor, I've been born again for 20 years. I've studied my Bible. When God speaks, I know. Sometimes you don't know. You don't know if it is not the spirit of the gospel. You are more prone to error, uh, you are more prone to error if you are accustomed to the law and you would think that God spoke to you. I've heard so many people come to me to say, Pastor Phil, I heard very clearly God said. How come it didn't happen the way God said? Because what God said to your spirit has to be interpreted by your mind. And the interpretation of what he has placed in your spirit is based on how renewed your mind is. That if your mind is not renewed properly, you, you, you legitimately heard from God, but you misinterpreted what God said. Are you still here? Okay, so it is important to know that the word that we are led by is the word of the gospel. Luke chapter 9 verse 51. I'll give you an example. Luke chapter 9 verse 51. Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be revealed or received up that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Next verse. And sent messengers before his face and as they went, they entered the village. Here it is. Jesus sent messengers to the Samaritans to prepare for him. It was Jesus who sent. You have to respect Jesus. Look at verse 53. Next verse. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. Understand what is going on here. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, but he's going through Samaria. And the Samaritans have a big problem with the Jews. The Samaritans are of a mixed race. That's a long story. There's no need to go back into that. The mixed race of those who are not of the covenant with those who are of the covenant. So they are mixed. They are half Jews and half non Jews. But because the Jews are hated by the Samaritans, the Samaritans knew that Jesus was going to Jerusalem to meet the Jews. They received him not. And they were so angry. Look at the next verse. Verse 54. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, Do you want us to command fire? To come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did. So your reference for the law or your reference for scripture, if it is not interpreted with the right mindset, you are wrong. Pastor, these people are insulting you. Let's call fire. Fire pepper them. Fire burn them. Holy Ghost! And then there's a huge congregation that shouts, Fire! And the fire is on people. As if to say we have not seen the spirit of the New Testament. That the spirit of the New Testament does not kill people with fire. The spirit of the New Testament does not... The fire of the Holy Ghost is for you. Not for your enemies. Because if fire was a bad thing, then Jesus would not say, I will baptize you with fire. Holy Ghost, fire. And then we imagine a woman in the village roasted by your fire. (laughs) We have many believers today who are roasting corn. All in the name of killing witches. May God deliver us. You know, some prayer you prayed in out of ignorance. You were misled. They taught you so. But hear what Jesus said. Next verse. But he turned and rebuked them. Now, hold on. Did this happen in the Old Testament? Was there a man in the Old Testament called Elijah who called fire on people? Answer me, everybody. Yes. The answer is yes. Now, this is the Son of God. They rejected him. He says, and said, you do not know. What, what's there? What manner of spirit? Ask your neighbor, do you know what manner of spirit you are? All right, give your neighbor an answer. What manner of spirit are you? The spirit of Christ. Amen. Fear was a part of worship. Fear. Fear. I said this on Wednesday. Fear was a part of worship. You could not worship God in the Old Testament without the element of fear. That the Old Testament priest, the temple priest had to go in fear and trembling before uh, before God in the holies of holies. And a bell is tied around his waist to indicate that he's alive when you hear the sound of the bell. And if you don't hear the sound of the bell, it means that the priest has dropped dead right in there. So the other priest would have to pull the high priest out because nobody dares go there. So even fear, for you shall worship the Lord your God in fear and in trembling. We were brought up to think that the fear of the Lord means to tremble at God. If you have a child who is afraid of you and cannot approach you, I hope you know there is already a problem with that relationship. God does not want you to be afraid of him. The fear of God stares. It is born from the goodness of God. How do you preach repentance to someone? By showing someone not the terror, but the goodness of God. For the Bible says that the goodness of God leads to repentance. If I don't tell them that there is hellfire waiting for them, they will continue behaving the way they are behaving. So we use hellfire to scare you, So that you know there is God. And you know he's watching over every move. And the picture of God you have is a massive being with a sledgehammer waiting for you to make a mistake. That the moment you make your first mistake, bah, he has killed you. But have you forgotten? You are still here. And reflecting back over your works, you see how many mistakes you have made, but God's mercy has kept you. Peter, very stubborn man, who must show himself, and he has a different opinion. All that—not my Peter, not my Peter. I mean Peter in the Bible. He must have his own opinion. Master, we've toiled all night. There is no fish. You know how God, Jesus, gets Peter to repent by giving him abundance. When Peter sees the goodness of God. He tells Jesus, I'm a bad man. <laughs> oh my God. A lot of us, we have a wrong picture of God. We feel that God wants to teach us lessons and he will take from you to teach you. God will give you more to teach you. How do I know? Ask the prodigal son. Who wasted all that he had. I, I thought he collected all his inheritance. But there was still a fattened calf that was waiting for him. And meanwhile, the older brother was working for a goat. He said, All these things I've been doing. Come on goat, you could not kill for me. Come on goat. Meanwhile, somebody wasted his life, strolled back in. The Bible says that the father was actually waiting for him and from afar off he ran to him. You think that God is avoiding you but God is running to you when you mess up. Talk to me somebody. You think that your sins is what is standing in the the way between God and you but that was in the Old Testament. Right now, God is running towards you. But the danger of sin is that it doesn't change the attitude of God. It changes you towards God. That he naturally wants you to run away because of what you have done. That's the deception of sin. And that's the reason why sin is dangerous. Because it puts in you guilt. If Satan knows... Oh, glory to God. If Satan knows that your sins have been forgiven, why does he still tempt you to sin? When he knows that the blood of Jesus has washed your sins away, why does he still tempt you to sin? The reason why he does is because of the guilt that comes with sin. That the power of sin is in guilt. That guilt, condemnation will take you away from him. And make you run away and you can't see your inheritance because you think God is angry with you. And that's why we're here to teach you that even when you fall, we have an advocate with the Father. (laughs) Hallelujah, somebody. So God is not angry with you. But that's the danger of sin. My phone, your phone is a water resistant phone. You you put it inside water. And because you, you drop it inside water, it, it doesn't get bad. There is that insurance. There is that covering about your phone. Does that mean that you start looking for water? My phone is water resistant. Give me water. Bam. Wow. Have you seen? You carry it again. You look for a bucket. This time it's a tank. Not cup. Tank. You now look for tank and you put your... Is that what you do with your phone? That your sins are forgiven. Are you now... Trying to say, since my sins are forgiven, let us be going. It means you don't understand the spirit of your sins are forgiven. That your sins are forgiven is because of love. And if you know or are in a relationship with someone who loves you, you don't want to do anything to hurt the person. So the spirit of love keeps you holy. Better than the law. The law said thou shalt not. But love is saying, I don't want to. Talk to me, somebody. I prefer Now, you have your children. Daddy, 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 daddy. Mommy, mommy, mommy. Do you prefer them to obey you because you commanded them to obey you? Or to love you than if it is coming from their heart? Which one do you prefer? If you want to be a commander, you, can feel, you feel free. But I, I prefer that my child loves me because he wants to love me. And the good thing is that the spirit of, of the gospel says that we love him because he first loved us. So this is the gospel. There is no fear in the gospel. Fear was a part of worship. But the moment Jesus died, fear was taken away from worship. And that's why the veil was torn into two. And the Bible now says that you come boldly before the throne of grace. A thick veil was torn in two. You come boldly before the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy and find grace for help in the time of need. Hmm. The second way the Holy Spirit leads us is by the inner voice. You can write this down the inner voice. And this is very reliable when your human spirit is trained by the word of God. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 27. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 27. It says that the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, it's the candle of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. So your spirit is the candle The King James Version puts it that way. He's the candle of the Lord that searches all the inner depths of your heart. Your spirit, the spirit of the Lord. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. I'll start from there and then head to verse 16. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. It says, for as many as are led by the Holy Spirit, these are the sons of God. Next verse. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again. Now you see that word again. Again means that it was given the first time. It was a spirit of bondage. But it says now, you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, what? Abba Father. Next verse. Verse 16. Let's read this verse 16 together, everybody. Want to go? The spirit itself be a witness hold on hold on everybody i'm I'm sorry you see that word itself was was um translated wrongly because the original translation of spirit comes from the word wind so that's why the writer puts it itself but it's supposed to be himself the spirit himself okay the new king james corrects the error of the old king james and puts it himself so let's read this together everybody want to go the spirit himself Bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, say this after me the Holy Spirit, that's not all of us speaking. Say, The Holy Spirit, the Holy spirit bears witness spirit. with my spirit. my spirit. So, you have a spirit, your spirit is regenerated the moment you receive Christ. The Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are born again. This is the most important aspect of the individual. And the Holy Spirit has to bear witness with your spirit that you are born again. If the Holy Spirit bears witness that you are born again, how much more other things? The Holy Spirit would also bear witness with your spirit about other things. So when you talk about the leading of the Holy Spirit, one of the sure ways of the leading of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit bearing witness with your spirit. Your spirit is alive to God, it is sensitive to God, it will hear the Holy Spirit, and if you are sensitive to your spirit, you would decipher the leading of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because your spirit has a witness by the Holy Spirit that you are born again. It becomes a safe guide for you when you have trained your spirit. Uh, if you see people walk out in the gym, they train their physical bodies, they train their minds by going to school, but so many of us don't train our spirits. And the way you train your spirit is to renew your mind by the, by the, by the hearing of the word of God, that your mind comes to that place where you understand the will of God from the scripture, from what he has said about you, From who Christ is, from who you are in Christ Jesus. For do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the renewing of your mind is the training of your spirit. If you understand what I mean. A lot of people depend on uh, signs and let me say putting out a fleece on God. You know what I mean? For you to know that God is leading you, you have to ask God for a sign. A sign is not as reliable as the inner voice. Because in the Old Testament, the Old Testament patriarchs, prophets, people, required a sign. Why did they require a sign? Because they didn't have a regenerated spirit. So if Gideon, for example, Samson, for example, um, Elijah, for example, you will hear the Bible says that the Spirit of God came upon them. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. And then he would demonstrate. And the Spirit of God came upon Elijah. And Elijah will move in the speed of a horse. But that was in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is not just coming upon you. The Holy Spirit is in you. Which is a blessed heritage that Paul speaks of in Colossians chapter 1. He says, here is a mystery that is deciphered. That it has been hidden from age to age. And what is that mystery in Colossians chapter 1? That Christ in you is the hope of glory. So we have a benefit that those people who obtained a good report but did not receive the promise, we have what they don't have. And that is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And because you have the Holy Spirit, you are quick to hearing the voice of God. So, signs may have worked for people in the Old Testament, but it's not the primary way that you are led today. I'll give you an example. Judges chapter 6 verse 33. Judges chapter 6 verse 33. It says, Then all the Midianites and Amalekites... The people of the east gathered together and they crossed over and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. Next verse. But the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Then he blew the trumpet and the whatever gathered behind him. Next verse. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh who also gathered behind him. He also sent messengers to Asher, Zablon, blah, 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 blah. Next verse. So Gideon, so Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hands, as you have said. Now hold on. What God has said is enough. But sometimes we require a sign. Now, the, the Bible says concerning Abraham, that by two immutable things, for which it is impossible for God to lie. And I've taught you before that the two immutable things is his promise, which is his word, and secondly, the oath. The oath is the covenantal demonstration that he made to Abraham when he cut the animals in two and said to Abraham that when I have passed, the covenant is fulfilled. So Abraham was thinking he was going to fulfill a part of the covenant by also walking because covenant is between two people. So one person has to pass, And the second person in the covenant also has to pass. And he has to pass in between one animal that has been caught in two. Meaning that if I do not fulfill the obligation of this covenant, so shall my life be. Like the one animal that is caught into two. May I perish if I don't fulfill. Uh, And God knows that the covenant he gave Moses was a bilateral covenant in that the Jews had to keep their part and God had to keep his part. But God knew that the type and shadow of the Messianic covenant will be under the Abrahamic covenant. That's why the Bible calls you and I the sons and the daughters of Abraham. So he says that when I cut the animals in two, when Abraham is about to pass, the the Bible says that Abraham fell into a deep sleep, which means that God shut Abraham down to say that the covenant will be a unilateral covenant. That it will be kept by only one party and endorsed by only one party. Meaning that God will be both the referee and the participator at the same time of the one covenant. So God passes the covenant and wakes Abraham up after he's done with the covenant. God did not need to do that to Abraham, but Abraham asked the question, How shall I know that you truly will give me a child? Because God gave Abraham the word that you're going to have a son. Uh, But for Abraham to believe, God has to speak the language of men, which is the language of covenant. That my guy, I know you're a good man, I know you're my cousin. But um, sometimes life happens uh, because of how difficult life can be. You can fall back on your word. So to prove to me you will do what you say, let's enter into a covenant. That's the language of men. God does not do covenants. God's word is enough because his word has been tried how many times? Seven times. But for God to prove to you and I that his word will not fail, he had to go into a covenant. That's why the Bible says by two immutable things, which is impossible for God to lie. Are you still here? So Gideon now said, God, you have said, but how can I know? And that's what many of us do. Gideon could not have known because he did not have a regenerated spirit that would be in tune with the Holy Spirit. So he needs something from the external to decipher the will of God. If you're following what I'm saying, say yes. So move to the next verse, verse 37. It says, look, this is God saying now. Uh, so hey, I'm, I'm in Gideon saying, he said, I shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel. By my hand. As what? As you have said. Next verse. And it was so. When, they ro- when he rose early in the morning. And squeezed the fleece together. He wrung the dew out of the fleece. A bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God. Do not be angry with me. But let me speak just one more time. Let me test I pray. Just once more. With the fleece again. Let it now be that the fleece will be dry. But on the other sides of the fleece, around the fleece, let it be filled with dew. God said, no problem. Chase for your doubts, Abby. I will satisfy your doubts. God is satisfying the doubts of so many people. But, but you know what? This is where you are. That your doubts have been satisfied because you see Jesus. The the, the Bible says that The the Bible says that How much more will he not with him Freely give you all things In Romans 8 It says that if you see Jesus at all It tells you that every other thing you are asking for Is in Jesus Meaning that Jesus is your biggest sign I'm not looking for a sign Like the Old Testament people who are saying God show me a sign I know many of you are quiet because I'm speaking your mind. God, how will I know she's my wife? If I know she's my, if I want to know that you are the one, let her wear blue today. Today she has to, she has to wear blue. And then four sisters wear blue. Amen. <laughs> Lord, if he's the one, let him wear white socks. <laughs> and then the assistant pastor, not pastor, the assistant pastor. Amen. Now wears white socks. Then you now come and say, the Lord said to me, you are my husband. That's right. You know, you know so, so someone, someone came and, and, and said to the woman, the Lord said to me, I should let you know you are my wife. She now told him, go and tell the Lord to tell me. It's as simple as that. Because if the Lord is telling you, he's not the author of confusion. He also told me. <laughs> That's, that I'm your wife. You see, so many of us, we, we look for signs. You look for signs to test the leading of God. You will run into error. Sometimes, your signs may be correct. Though. Are there some of you who said, God, if I am going to be rich, let money enter my account today. And bam, truly money came. And then you now want to carry on. <laughs> Amen. Because it worked before. And you carry on with the spirit of sign checking. God doesn't do signs all the time. Signs are not the primary way with which he leads the believer today. Signs, signs, signs. See, Judges chapter 7 verse 9. It happened on the same night... That the Lord said to him, Arise, go down again against the camp, for I have delivered it unto your hand. Who said? God said. God had told him already. But if you are afraid, this is God talking to him. He said, but if you are afraid, go down to the camp with Fura. Actually, the King James Version spells it as Fura. That was the part that blessed me in this scripture. Use the King James. Check it. When I was reading this passage of the Bible, my appetite began to grow. (laughs) He really blessed me. Praise God. He said, but if you fear, go down with Furah thy servant, down to the host. Okay, we're serious now. amen. Down to the host. Next verse. Next verse. And thou shalt hear what they say. Now God said to him, I'm going to deliver the Midianites to you. But if you are afraid, take Phurah and go with you. And thou shalt hear what they say. And afterwards shall thine hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. Then went he down with Furah, his servant unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host. Next verse. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along. Now, God understood that Gideon was a guy of signs. So he had to tell him that, if you don't believe what I'm saying, take a sign. And their camels were without number. And the son of the seashore sat for multitude. Next verse. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I have had a dream to my surprise. A loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned. And the tent collapsed. Next verse. Then his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Josh, a man of Israel. Into his hand, God has delivered the Midian and the whole camp. Next verse. And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshipped, he returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise! For the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian. into." He didn't have the audacity to do this without the sign. But this was the place of the Old Testament people. You don't need signs as a primary way. All those things will lead you into error. Just believe God. Talk to me, somebody. Just believe God. Just put your faith in Christ because signs, signs, symbols. I think there was a song by signs, symbols by, um, was, is it Lacry? By, yeah, I don't remember those guys, but those guys are very good. They talked about signs and symbols, believers who are looking for signs and symbols. So stop throwing out fleeces on God. Stop saying, God If it is your will for me to come to church today, let it rain. If it's not your will, yeah, there's so many things. So many of you have done so many things. God has suffered in the hands of so many of us. God, if it is your will for you to use me, sack me. And then they don't sack you and you believe. The inner witness you have received is good enough. You know, I told you before that Before Paul had a witnessing in his spirit, he was already, I mean, a a witnessing by the brethren and the apostles, he already received the witness by the Holy Spirit. Paul did not even need people to come and tell him, this is what is going to happen to you in Jerusalem. He had already received the witness. Some of those things are for confirmation. Pastor, are you trying to say that signs don't work? Sometimes they do, but don't put your whole weight on signs. Do we understand what I'm saying? Number three, our feelings. How does the Holy Spirit lead us? Sometimes He leads you through your feelings. But you see, feelings are not necessarily a very good guide on the leading of the Holy Spirit. So, if you are the kind of person who is very driven by feelings, you are very into feelings. Pastor, I feel very strongly. You see, I've, I've seen a lot of emotional people who have no depth. I've been too long as a pastor and I understand that you can be very emotional but there is no understanding. And that emotional can be an expression of your natural personality, your, your, the way you are. So you must learn to put a balance to how you respond to things and if waiting and taking some time off will help you decipher what God is saying, then do that. Because if you jump, you make decisions based on feelings, especially extreme feelings. The nudging of the Holy Spirit will, will sometimes come with feelings. And it will come with some level of enthusiasm, but it would always go along with peace and assurance. But when it is a matter of You are pressured. You must do it now, now. If you don't do it, you will die. You will not die. So feelings are not the best ways to deciphering the leading of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 27 verse 10. Acts chapter 27 verse 10. Saying, man, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster. This is Paul talking. And much loss, not only of the cargo and sheep, but also of our lives. Next verse. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the health man and the owner of the sheep than by the things spoken by Paul. Paul perceived by the Holy Spirit. Other people who said they know more, persuaded. Well, it's fine, let's keep going. And because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised to set sail from there also if by any means they could reach phoenix a harbor of Crete opening toward the southwest and northwest and winter there next verse when the south wind blew softly somebody says softly. softly when the south wind blew softly supposing that they had obtained their desire now hear this Paul said, I perceive that there will be destruction. But there was a south wind that blew softly. If you are dependent on signs and not the voice of God, you will many times put yourself in destruction. You will many times run into problems just because there is a way that seemeth right to your mind. The Bible says that there is a way that seemeth right. In the end, therefore, is destruction. God called, I mean, Abraham called his, his relative uh, um, um, what's his name now? Lot. And he said to Lot, choose anywhere, wherever you choose. That, I will take the opposite. The Bible says, Lot chose the plains. And he saw how beautiful they looked. And Abraham chose the rocky and the more difficult terrain. And that plain eventually was where Sodom and Gomorrah was, where destruction later came on. Sometimes... The proof that God is leading you is when there are hurdles on the way. But those hurdles are there to test your resolve. We don't move by sight, we move by faith. If God has told you something, set out and do not let fear and doubt come in the way of what God has asked you to do. There are so many of you who are listening to me right now. God has asked you to take on something that is bigger than you, but you say to yourself, how can this thing be? It is not your job to know or figure out how this thing is going to work out. But it is God's job to making sure that the increase will come. You just do your part and be a co-laborer with God. For Paul plants, Apollos waters, but who gives the increase? It is God who gives the increase. Do your part. As you speak, he will cause rain to fall. So the Bible says that the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire. Their desire. Desire there speaks of your emotion. Their desire. Don't be an emotionally. How do I put this so that you hear me, everybody? Don't live your life based on emotions all the time. Learn to live your life by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you can be very angry, and that is the time the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Sometimes the best time to pray is when you don't feel like praying. And it is at times like that that God begins to pour things and depths of what he wants to do with you and the future in your spirit. There are some moments that I have come to, some gatherings, that did not have handbills and did not have so many publicity about. But meetings of two, three people that marked the turning point of my life. That if I was to move by feelings, I would interpret the direction of my life based on what I feel. You don't move by how you feel. So you must learn to put your feelings against the check of the word of God. TSB, are you hearing what I'm saying? You must learn to submit your feelings and check it. My feelings now, are they in line with the word of God? If they are not in line with the word of God, then those feelings... You deal with them. They are not correct. So it says, when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close by Crete. Next verse. But not long after, a, temp- a tempestuous wind or headwind arose called Euclidon. So when the sheep was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. and that was, the, that, was that was what happened. And running under the shelter of and where we know, next verse, verse 16. And running under the shelter of an island called Claudia, we secured the skiff with difficulty. Next verse. And when they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the sheep and fearing lest that they should run aground on blah, blah, blah. Next verse. And because we were exceedingly tempted. Next verse. On the third day, three days in the middle of the water, just because somebody did not listen to the voice of Paul who perceived by the Holy Spirit. Next verse. Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, God forbid, and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we we would be saved was finally given up. Next verse. But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete. And he cured this disaster and loss. But thank God, by the speaking of Paul still, all their lives were saved. It is best to walk and to move by the Holy Spirit. Not to move by signs. If God says invest, invest. The stock market might be good, but if God is saying don't, then don't. Say, pastor, my neighbor is doing it. Is God asking you to do it? That's the question. pastor, This is where he's going. And there is no problem. Is God asking you to go there. For all those who are the escapees out of Nigeria because you have found greener pasture outside there. If God is not asking you to go, don't go. Because you are not an escapee. Let's build Nigeria together. Amen. But if God is asking you to go, don't wait for a bit. I've never been wired to... Allow my decisions to be carried without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That even my coming to Abuja had to be led by the Holy Spirit. I thought that I was going to pastor a church in Lagos. And for days, I started to pray and wait on the Lord. And then the Spirit of God said, Abuja is where you should be. I became confused. Called my father and said, Dad, you have to give me clarity on this. And then he said, Abuja is where you should go. I could have been in Lagos and struggled. And be doubting if God really called me. But the truth is, God actually called me. But because I miss a step of direction, that's how so many people have thrown their lives out. So you must make sure that every step you take has to be guided and led by the Holy Spirit. Look at your people say, I Allow the Holy Spirit lead you. And lastly, dreams and visions, revelations. Pastor, I had a dream, I had a revelation, God was talking to me. Dreams, God talks to people through dreams, that's true. God talks to people through revelation, that's true. God talks to people through vision, that's true. But you must learn to put every dream and every revelation and every vision behind the check of the word of God. If that dream is not aligned with the word of God, that's not God speaking. Because he has spoken by his son. He's not going to say another thing fresh to you because of a dream and a revelation. Job chapter 3 verse 5. I'm sorry, Job chapter, let's start from chapter 4 from verse 1. Job chapter 4 from verse 1. If you have the living Bible, I appreciate that. Do you have it? Okay. Job chapter 4 from verse 1 to 16. Just, it says, a Reply to Job from Eliphaz, the Temanite. Will you let me say a word? Let's all look at the multimedia screen because this is a different version. For who could keep from speaking out? Now, this is Job who fell. And you know the story of Job. And this, this is the words of the friends of Job. Look at verse 3. It says In the past, you have told many a troubled soul to trust in God and have encor- and, 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 um, and be encouraged, and have encouraged those who are weak or falling, or lie crushed upon the ground, or are tempted or in despair. Or tempted to despair? Is that, is that what he said? Okay. Yeah, tempted to despair. Next verse. But now when trouble strikes, you faint and are broken. Next verse. This is a friend talking to his friend. Who, At such a time as this should not trust in God still be your confidence, shouldn't you believe that God will care for those who are good? Next verse. Stop and think. Have you ever known a truly good and innocent person who has who was punished experience teaches that it is those who sow sin and trouble who harvest the same this is job's friend talking to job they die beneath the hand of god this friend does not understand the gospel that's that's the truth now you see accusation upon accusation have you ever had friends that you are in a bad place before they lift you up they will first wash you and embarrass you for falling? As if to say that they can never fall or they've never fallen. And that's why the Bible says that anyone who is strong should uphold the one who is weak in the spirit of meekness. And you must take heed lest you fall. So how can you, a whole you, how can you fall like this? You know better than this. Who are you to fall? And it says that, how can he speak of God like this? And they die beneath the hand of God. Is that the attitude of God? Certainly not. Next verse. Though they are fierce as young lions, they shall all be broken and destroyed. This is Job's friend talking to him. Like aged helpless lions, they shall starve and all their children shall be scattered. Next verse. This truth was given me in secret. This is the person talking about. As though whispered in my ear. No, you have, to, you have to be serious when you are saying this. It came in a nighttime vision as others slept. Suddenly, fear gripped me. I trembled and shook with terror. Next verse. As a spirit passed before my face, you know all these people who like to form spirit. Meanwhile, they are saying rubbish. Now, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If what you are saying is not in line with the attitude of God, you are wrong, even though you said you had a vision. Vision. Vision my, my feet. Any vision that does not exalt Jesus is wrong. a woman who came and said, I had a revelation and I saw pastors in hell. And I asked myself a question. Doesn't she see people in heaven? Why must it be hell? You know, the woman actually came and apologized. So I'm not speaking anything against the woman. Bless her heart that she saw what she did was wrong and it wasn't a genuine revelation. She came out to the body of Christ to say what I said was not true. But guess what? A lot of people were swept By that I have a friend, pastor friend, who changed his belief. Stopped his wife from wearing earrings. Stopped his wife from putting on attachment. This was back then six years ago or over six years ago. Just because of these revelations that attachment is the devil's extension. That television is is the box of the devil. Earring is service and worship to idol. And then they will now back it up with a spiritual quote and a religious phrase. That buys the gullible in. Are you seeing the way this man is talking? He says, "A spirit passed before my face; my hair stood up on end." You, how would you hear this thing and say, "Yes, sir"? <laughs> how would you hear this and say, "Go, pastor"? You know, when people just try to be very deep, we are gathered before the groom of Israel, among the gathering of the immortals, lift your voices with the dialect of the resurrected. That's speaking in tongues. You know, but, but I just have to be deep. Now, when someone speaks like I'm not saying there's anything wrong with speaking like that. But I'm saying when someone speaks like that, it confuses you. Anything the person says, ah, you are right. (laughs) You are on point, sir. And he now tells you that you die under the hand of God. If it's not gospel, it is wrong. It is wrong. The dialect of the resurrected. I told Bishop Wally that thing on our way to Gombe. He laughed. He almost fell down. (laughs) I felt the Spirit's presence. He said, Pastor, when I was speaking, the Holy Spirit was with me here. I saw an angel. There are many demonstrations of angelic appearances to people. And when they narrate their story, please, don't be gullible. Listen to hear. What is consistent to Christ? Don't be persuaded by somebody else's persuasion. If it is not Christ, pray for the person that the eyes of his understanding. Don't criticize the person because you were like that before. You see, I felt the Spirit's presence, but couldn't see it standing there. Then out of the dreadful silence came this voice. And it spilled out condemnation condemnation, accusation. May your voice not be the voice of accusation to people. See, be the kind of person that when people come to meet you, rather than hearing accusations. There are some people, if you make mistakes, don't go near them. It's not everybody you tell what has happened to you. Because not too long from where you are and after you have told the person, the whole world is going to hear it. You must remember your own frailty, and the fact that God saved you and that you were once there before. Talk to me, somebody. Accusations. As as if you are assistant Satan. That's the ministry of Satan. The accuser of the brethren. Job chapter 5, verse 3. I'm showing you another accusation. 5, verse 3. Living Bible. Those who turn from God may be successful for the moment, but when... But then comes sudden disaster. This is Eliphaz talking to Job. Eliphaz is Job's friend. Their children are cheated with no one to defend them. Next verse. Their harvests are stolen and their wealth. Move to verse 7. Mankind heads for sin and misery as predictably as flames shoot upwards from a fire. Next verse. My advice to you is this You see, the audacity and the. There is the condescending way he's speaking to Job. He's telling Job that the reason why what happened to him is because Job sinned. That's what he's telling Job. That Job, all this calamity that happened to you and to your children, to your livestock, is because you sinned against God. So he's saying, my advice to you is this. Go to God and confess your sins to him. For he does wonderful miracles, marvelous, without number. Now you see this next verse. Is is, is that not a true statement? That's something that is true. So, sometimes you can spill, you can surround error with, with what is true, with facts that are true about God. Say, for he does wonderful miracles, marvels without number. Next verse. He sends the rain upon the air to water the fields. He's speaking as if he's the correct person here. Meanwhile, the mind of God is totally off about it. For the sake of time, Job chapter 42, verse 7. Job chapter 42 verse 7. Job chapter 42 verse 7. You can use the King James Version. And so it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job that the Lord said to Eliphaz, that's that guy who was talking, right? the Temanite, My wrath is aroused against you and your two friends. For you have not spoken of me what is right. See, all those things Job's friends were saying to Job, that your sin is the reason why. Look at you, my advice to you, blah, blah, blah. For God works wonder, wonderful things. All those things he was saying. He said, my wrath is aroused against you. And your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Next verse. So Eliphaz the Temanite and Bilba the Went and did as the Lord commanded them. No, you jumped, you jumped the verse. Now therefore, take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams. Go to my servant Job and offer up your, yourselves a bond offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you. The person who was down will pray for you who is boastful. For I will accept him lest I deal with you according to your folly. It is foolishness not to speak the mind of God. Even though you embellish it with religious talk. Then look at verse 10. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Summary of this point. Pray for those who insult you. Pray for those who talk about you. Pray for those who have spiked you. Pray for those who don't have anything good to say about you. Don't fight them. Why? Because vengeance is of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying, T.S.P.? Say, Pastor, you don't know what he did to me. I don't need to know. Just pray for them. Forgive them and let them go. The Bible says that indeed the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had than before. God restored Job the moment he prayed for Job. Let me see verse 11. It says, then all the brothers and all the sisters and those who had been acquainted came in it. It says, and they, and they consoled him and comforted him all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon you. Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. When you speak the mind of God, you must always be quick to see the attitude of Christ. Don't, be, don't, don't let feelings, don't let signs be the, 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 the major um, way that you hear the Spirit of God speak to you. Praise God, somebody. But because you are sons of God, the Holy Spirit will talk to you because you are born again the Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit so say this after me the Holy Spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm born again if you know you're born again lift your hands and just thank him for the fact that he saved you thank him for the fact that he saved you thank him for the fact that he saved you we don't walk by by sight this concludes this message Thank you for listening and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash StandpointABJ twitter.com slash StandpointABJ instagram.com slash StandpointABJ and on soundcloud.com slash StandpointABJ